The number of Twilight Zone, the movie-related casualties, has increased to four because my ass was bored to death. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's both funny and dark. Yeah. Fuck. 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 <laughs> Good evening. Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. Something really scary. Children of the night. What music they make. Stop being killed. Hi, I'm Candy, the final girl. You want to see something really scary? And I'm Shaun of the Dead. That's D-I-E. Die. And this is The House That Screams. Tonight we are talking about the infamous Twilight Zone, the movie from 1983. We have Crystal. The day we stop playing is the day we start getting old. We have Dave. Look at those two apes. This must be where they live. <laughs> we have Erica. You're supposed to be happy when your wishes come true. And we have Nico. And here's your liquid sex baritone version of the Twilight Zone theme. The do 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 but I volunteer to distribute to start us out on the talk of the Twilight Zone movie. And yes, it is a shitstorm. Uh, <laughs> aside from the original run of the Twilight Zone, which is one of my favorite series of all time on TV, this doesn't have a great legacy. No, this was the first time that somebody attempted to, and this is a lot of somebodies. We'll get into the somebodies. It was the first time that anybody attempted to do anything with it this is before the 80s revival um that ran probably the longest of any of the twilight zone uh series revivals so that was uh what 80 around the time this movie came out to late 80s it was revived again in the early 2000s corn did the intro cringe <laughs> for hosting and then we had the latest uh try with uh jordan peele hosting um that only went for two seasons so i don't know why nobody got the portent that like wow this movie was shit i want to talk about just the movie to start with as a movie there's a lot more to talk about but as a movie this uh this movie is not good i think without <laughs> the behind the scenes and uh, not to be spoilery about my ratings which there will be two of this movie is not a good movie um it was just it i don't know why anybody didn't take like wow you can't translate something that worked in the 50s and early 60s 
and try to update it it's just not gonna fucking work it doesn't have the same magic but whatever this movie is not great do i have a fondness for it yeah because when i was a kid my mom as we know you know got me into horror and she showed me this movie and i was just kind of like wow the other episodes are really great what is this movie but we had fun with it and then when i got a little older she told me the behind the scenes stuff and i was like okay that's why that first segment doesn't make mm-hmm. any fucking sense but as a movie i think it would just be an interesting little footnote in the 80s horror thing like oh yeah you remember that movie oh yeah i kind of do that's it that's all that would be said about this movie now why did i pick it to talk about because i i think there's a lot to talk about i think just jumping in for the landis stuff is a little easy to do but i don't think enough people say wow this movie actually sucked regardless it wasn't very good it really wasn't um i think the segments and every single instance except for timeout which is the first one with vic morrow talk more about that later that was the only original one landis wrote that now the other ones were like uh kick the can and all that though they were so much better in episode form they were you know the twilight zone is all about sort of like these moral stories like examinations of mankind whatever that serling liked to do but i think they all got changed in not a good way ways Mm -hmm. that like they were trying to update it for the 80s like okay john lithgow is so fucking amazing as an actor i love him in almost every role but like him doing this role taking over for william shatner who we know is not a great fucking actor but he was really good in nightmare at Twenty Thousand feet the whole background to that story being this was a man who had a nervous breakdown on a plane he was in a sanitarium for six months and part of to show that he's cured is to get on a plane that gives you so much better premise than here's a guy mm-hmm. who's just randomly afraid to fly i i just i i mean it's just not as good i don't know why they thought that that would work but uh kick the can got that spielberg buzzy camera right in the field stuff do i like seeing scatman crothers not getting killed in the shining absolutely (laughs) they did him wrong his character did not die in the book but we'll enough about that but like it was so glossy they changed the entire you know creepiness to it or you know the lesson and just like oh well it's better to stay young in the mind okay oh yeah whatever whatever bro so that was spielberg but uh it was just sappy bullshit. so mm-hmm. what had the best potential was the original story and we i always remembered feeling like i don't feel like i that story really meant too much it was sort of like instead of a beginning middle and end it has a beginning and middle and then when i found out why there was no end yeah yeah so yeah i just felt like all of them were inferior to the original episodes in every way the best part is the wraparound and it's brief that you want to see something really scary and that fucking credence clearwater song it's amazing that's the fucking jam that is the jam yeah i fucking love that song and anytime i hear it i'm thinking you want to see something really scary yep (laughs) there is my little bitching about the movie itself but whoever (laughs) wants to jump in there can yeah i'll go um so yeah like like you i saw this as a kid i think the first time that i had seen this was when i was living in new york when channel 11 uh, wpix 
every October they would do like their their Shocktober. So like the entire month of October, like it was all like horror movies or or something similar to you know like but especially with this. So I was a little confused by the first story because obviously I didn't know about the accident either, and I was kind of like whatever, kind of felt flat. The second story, you're right, it's very Spielberg. It's almost borderline like a Disney movie like that that little which i but i also got it because it's very sweet so like i like i'm you know i'm I'm, i I get my sappiness from my mom so like i kind of whatever but i i think the the best way to compare this movie would be to four rooms where these those 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 two move these two movies you know four rooms and twilight zone the movie are very much the epitome of how an anthology film is a mixed bag where not everything is gonna gonna be good but it's this is definitely one of those 50-50 movies where, you know, the, the first two stories are, are weaker. I mean, not counting the, the, the tragedy, you know, that happened on the, the Landis, you know, film section aside. But, you know, the the it's it's a good life and the, the Nightmare on 20th. Like those two were like the strongest segments in the film, I feel like. And they probably could have stretched those out a little bit more. And just had those two, and it would have been fine. And still have your wrap around with Dan Aykroyd as the, the creature thing, which I don't know. That one didn't even build anything either. It was kind of like this this awesome opening that scared the shit out of like everybody. I remember like it scared the fuck out of me as a kid. Yep. And then you know now I'm like, all right, but where the fuck does this go? Like, is he like the crypt keeper? Is he you know what what like what the fuck is he? No, know? they had they had big plans for that. But you know, of course, with the tragedy, all that got scrapped. I know a lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah, because I was reading, uh, doing research for this, that a lot of things did get kind of, you know, even like Spielberg. You could tell like he was like half-assing and like phoned it in with that, because mm-hmm. at that point he, you know, whatever. But you know, and I know it's a little. I'm not trying to defend because, like, you know, Landis did write and direct my favorite all-time horror movie that we covered a while ago with an American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I remember um, correctly, we all gave it ten. We did. Yeah. But another thing, too, and I guess we could kind of bring it up if whatever. Like, I mean, I know this isn't the first time that, like, something with Landis has happened, like, on a movie set. I mean, mm. we all know about the incident with Coming to America, right, where Eddie Murphy and him got into a physical altercation. And yeah. they refused to work with each other for years until they had to do Beverly Hills Cop 3 because there was literally no other director that wanted to fucking do that movie. <laughs> and he was already still in Hollywood jail by that point, uh, Landis. So, like, he had to do something. And even then, I don't even think like they really got along as well as like people people thought. I mean, luckily yeah. for Eddie, at least he was able to rebound a couple years later with Nutty, Nutty Professor coming out and, you know, whatever. But uh, Landis really hasn't... I mean, he got lucky with coming to America, but that was more because it was Eddie Murphy's like, you know, star vehicle at that time. But I don't, I don't think John Landis ever recovered from what happened with this film. And I mean, you know, you, you know, you, you, he he did it. He yeah. did what he did, you know. I mean, he whatever. <laughs> um, but but that being said, yeah. I mean, I, my initial thoughts, even still, like, because I haven't. I, once last time, it hasn't. It's been a while since I've seen this, and honestly, it didn't age well <laughs> at all. No, it no. it doesn't hold up. Um, just those last two stories really are it. I mean, the fact that that Nancy Cartwright's in it, who's you know people that don't know, she's Bart Simpson on The Simpsons, <laughs> which is which is kind of cool. <laughs> um. And Kevin McCarthy was fucking awesome in like everything that he's in. Like I he love that he's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love. I mean, I love that 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 story has all of like Joe Dante's like, and I love that it's Joe Dante that did it because it's very that 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 is very Joe Dante right yeah. down to the special effects looking like Looney Tunes characters. Yeah, yeah, like and like like with with the sound effects and like you know he would mm-hmm. go on to obviously you know have greater success with Gremlins the year later after this one, but. Um, yeah, that's just my initial thoughts. Is that it's a very mixed bag. I mean, it, it didn't age well. First two stories are lamer compared to the other two, and the wraparound. Like you're right, that is the better. That would have been something better to explore than what we got. So, yeah, yeah, I think I had read that they they had planned on um, instead of having uh, John Lithgow in the ambulance at the very end, that they were going to have have make some way to where all the characters kind of intersect on that highway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to where they're all involved in the ending, but, you know, of course, with everything Which, that happened. Right. But I mean, even, even so, like the, but, but even that was like too much thought. I feel like that. Right. That they, you know. Yeah. Um, I'll go real quick. I like Nico. I, I was a kid when I saw this. Um, this was one of those uh, video store rentals that, that my dad and I watched. And that very first opening uh, segment with Dan Aykroyd and that face it just i remember being horrified as a kid and honestly like aside from that and aside from joe dante being joe dante and john lithgow's performance like the rest of the the film just doesn't i mean i remember watching it a lot as a kid and i probably enjoyed it but you know how it is you get older you go back you rewatch it and it's just mm-hmm. not the same this is this is one of those anthologies that came out in a time where everybody was doing anthologies you know you had amazing stories you had creep show you had um tales from the dark side the movie uh which we covered i mean you you had all of these these different anthologies coming out and comparing this to some of those and it just it just doesn't hold any weight for me can i, can I just cut it in and just say mm-hmm. that I mean, there's, like i but i fucking love amazing stories oh my god yeah that's that's probably one of the greatest anthology series that exists and i'm and, I, and i'm actually very glad that it didn't last as long as it did because it's more of a cult thing now mm-hmm. and, yep. I, and i know like apple i think is is trying to re- reboot it i think it's apple tv oh man they're, they're trying to do it they're trying to do a reboot of it but yeah leave um, it alone but you're right it was after the success of creep show that everything just kind of like the the anthology because again it's monkey see monkey do especially with horror more mm-hmm. than anything like I was having this conversation with with um with a friend of mine that I was saying, you know, we were talking about like how there was Armageddon that summer and Deep Impact, right? And then there was Volcano and Dante's Peak. But that's that's kind of what it is. Is like you know when when one thing hits, Hollywood sees that as like the next thing, and then it's gonna be that for the next hour until it stops making money. Right, and this this was no different when Creepshow hit because it came out at a time like you know nobody was expecting it to really hit. People were like, "Oh well, we got Twilight Zone. Let's 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 do that as, a, as an IP." So was um, late eighties to early, like early nineties, like a really late eighties thing, maybe eighty eight at the earliest. This was the one that did it first. Well, I was gonna say Creepshow too. A uh, Creepshow was eighty two. Yeah, the original then, Creepshow. Yeah, there's no Creepshow was eighty two because mm-hmm. last year. Oh, the movie. Which, I was thinking of the movie. series. I'm oh, like, no, 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 I, no, I was also thinking of Tales from the Crypt, so I got really fucked up on there. Oh no, like, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> I was gonna say, and already it's where it's already said last year because it's only the, the the New Year's only you know a couple days old now. But yeah. I mean, 
2022 was the 40th anniversary of Creepshow. So, mm, you know, wow. But you, know, you were correct, and I totally fucked that up. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. I know, I know. It's it's especially with Twilight Zone. You can say Twilight Zone, well, which one? And you're right. Yeah. The one, the, the the revival in '86 was was the longest running. Yeah. I mean, shit. Yeah. Even even Freddy Krueger got involved in it with Freddy's Nightmares with the, with an anthology. And yeah, Jason. that's right. And Friday the Thirteenth. Friday series. the Thirteenth. Then there was what, monsters, and, and they then were there was all trash. I did too, Dave. I did too. That was early, that was in the early days of Fox, wasn't it? Like I used yeah, to watch yeah. that like Twenty One Jump nine. Street. Yep. <laughs> I used to get really confused about Friday Thirteenth because I always wanted Jason to pop up. Yeah, where's Jay? Jason? Yeah. That in yes. I don't think a lot of people felt that way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right, he's I up. I, have I guess a, I, I guess I'm going to be the only person who likes this movie. I mean, I don't love it, but I think it's pretty good. And, and the these the, the um, episodes get better in quality as you go along. Um, I think it's sad about how. I mean, obviously the tragedy is tragic, but it's also sad that we didn't get the full story of his redemptive arc that he was supposed to have. Uh, Bill, mm-hmm. I think his name is right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was supposed to have this whole where at the end he's actually redeemed. Which I'm a sucker for redemption stories. And we don't get that. So that's why the first episode feels so like unfinished. You know, even if you didn't know the story behind it, you'd feel it's just something's missing from this episode. They kicked mm-hmm. the can episode. Yeah. You know, it's Spielberg phoning it in because he wanted to do it. He, he, I think they, he did it in six days and wanted to get the fuck out of there because of what had happened. <laughs> but then they, the, the, uh, it's a good life. That, that one, um, is based on what I arguably is top five Twilight Zone episodes of all time. The, the only thing I didn't like about it was it wasn't scary enough where the original one with Billy Moomy is fucking terrifying. When he, turns that dude, when he turns that dude into a jack-in-the-box, you know, a mm-hmm. little eight-year-old me, I think I peed myself. That was so scary. <laughs> and then they made, they, I think they went a little too close to comedy on this, uh, on the episode in this movie. And then the one at the end with Lithgow, I thought was brilliant, uh, directed by George Miller. It, it's got all his touches. You know, he was just hot off a of road warrior, I think. And, Mm-hmm. It's even got the George Miller eye pop, you know, if you, mm-hmm. if you slow it down. Look, uh, I, I think I think the last one is fantastic. I think it does a great job of uh, of trying to be a, a, a modernization of the um, William Shatner one. So I know I, I, I like this movie. I don't think it's great, but yeah, I used to rent this all the time. This was when I was in the Air Force. I had a couple of buddies and we'd rent movies on the weekends. And this is one of this is one of our go tos. We'd rent this, you know, once a month or, you know, once every couple of months. Mm-hmm. This would be one that we'd rent. We, we like this movie a lot. Yeah. So I think I guess I'm an outlier on this. Um, so this movie came out the year I was born. Um, and I didn't, I don't remember seeing this until maybe middle school, middle schoolish years. I remember watching the original Twilight Zone uh, episodes with my grandparents. Like they weren't really into horror, but they, they loved Twilight Zone. Um, and I remember my dad would watch this movie, but not necessarily let us watch it, which is always weird considering, you know, we were front and center for Hellraiser and things like that. Um, but last night when we watched this was the first time I had seen this in its entirety in years. And I had never remembered anything about this movie except for the last vignette with John Lithgow. Um, got nothing stuck not a thing which is really odd for me generally i've got it front to front to end and 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 back um but 
last night was the first time I actually seeing this. And yeah, there, there are some things that are scary, like from an adult perspective and some things you could say were scary from, a, you know, your childhood perspective. Um, but for me, that last vignette, the first time I ever flew, my mom sat us over the wings and did not prepare me for the landing gears. And so when the sounds and the vibrations started, I started freaking, freaking the fuck out. So I can kind of relate to John Lithgow. <laughs> um, but he he did great. I think growing, like when I watched this in middle school, I was always confused because I'm like, hey, it's the preacher from Footloose. <laughs> I'm like, what's he doing? <laughs> Which came out the year after this. So, um, But yeah, for me, I didn't know about the tragedy until last night. Dave had to fill me in on everything. I had no idea. Absolutely no idea. So I'm sitting there watching the first one, not knowing anything. And I'm like, eh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I was completely out of, out of the loop. So now that you know about the, the tragedy after we watch it, does it change your opinion of the movie? Like, No, I mean, I always like kind of liked this movie. It's just when you don't remember anything except for the last one yet, it's hard to say, you know, that, this changed my opinion. I don't remember this, the, the first vignette. I don't remember any of it at all. I will say that it looks like Dan Aykroyd's wearing lipstick in the first, the opening scene. His lips are a little <laughs> too pinkish red. Oh, well, <laughs> was much younger. Could have been the aliens. And then, and then uh, one thing I failed to mention in the, in the, uh, the very first episode, you can see a Klansman set on fire. I mean, that's worth 10 points right there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Erica? Yeah, um, so I saw this a long, long time ago on VHS. Um, even though, like, my my parents were into horror, they were, like, cool with watching, like, older TV shows, including the original Twilight Zone. Um, I, like, was completely hooked on the original Twilight Zone. Um, I, I think when I did see this film on VHS, um, I didn't know the, the backstory um, as, as far as, you know, like, the the helicopter accident but um i remember like watching it thinking it was like entertaining and i i think it was awful but i also didn't really remember it <laughs> later i forgot it pretty quickly whereas i uh, remember a ton of the original twilight zone episodes um so i i just feel like i, I feel like this movie is kind of on the mediocre side like i've seen a lot worse but i guess my biggest gripe about it would have to be uh the the writing um if i were just talking about the movie itself and not like the behind the scenes stuff like the the writing does not capture uh the rod serling twists that i always loved about the original series um even the ones that were sort of sequels or or, or um modernizations of uh, previous episodes didn't really have a twist per se um, I, I didn't think, um, and, and I also thought like that the Joe Dante segment that was based on it's a good life that like uh, David was saying, like that, that original one, like freaked the fuck out of me or the kids like wishing people in a cornfield or transforming them <laughs> into things. And it, um, and it, it was all just implied or just shown with shadow and that scared me. And like this version has really fun um special effects and puppets but it i don't find it scary at all really so i don't know i'm i'm just like eh, pretty lukewarm on this film which i guess that kind of gives my 
the the ballpark ballpark of my score you know kind of gives that away up front i do do remember as a kid though that when that uh creepy rabbit came out yeah dude i remember that 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 and when the bitch is fucking sitting there with no mouth yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that fucking freaked me out too from uh, runaways yeah yeah Yeah. the movie gets another point right there for having a runaway she's supposed to have a bigger role but um as we know um, something I wanted to point out is like I think this movie could have been better. I think I would judge it better if like it was you're talking about the fucking Twilight Zone here, and I felt like it was just way softened. But it was because a lot of it was fucking rushed. This was shot in sequential order. So Landis wrote and directed the opening wraparound and the time out, which I really think would have been probably the strongest segment it's not referencing anything else it's its own thing and it was it was a decent story and if it would have been able to be completed i think it probably would have been the strongest part but it wasn't and then that meant steven spielberg was up next and he rushed and Mm -hmm. uh you know joe dante george miller they all rushed because everything had already happened now obviously i'm going to start getting into that area of let's talk about behind the scenes because I have some questions. Um, you know, obviously, if you're not familiar with the the whole thing, I'm not going to go into it myself because it's just long. Uh, but basically, Vic Morrow and two uh, children that were hired illegally were killed in a helicopter accident. That could have easily been prevented. But the thing is, is like uh, Landis is a real fucking prick. I just don't fucking like him. And I can't believe that he was a producer on this. So like the, the tragedy that happened that would have completed uh, Vic Morrow's like, uh, you know, his, his story arc as a character mm-hmm. was totally fucked up. And also Spielberg, you know, him being a producer, why after everything that happened, after them rushing, after all the the trial the the fines uh, the restitutions that landis had to pay to vic morrow's family which his daughter is jennifer jason lee the actor um and the children's families who watch their kids get cut in half why would any of these the seven producers on this film say we're going to keep that segment in that's my fucking <laughs> problem not only yeah. did they profit off yeah. the death, they helped you know like they facilitated this that should have been cut out completely that's not that's like completely disrespectful and no amount of millions that you pay to these families is ever going to bring their loved ones back so that also says steven spielberg is a prick uh-huh. yeah. so yeah people don't bring him into the conversation enough so landis is clearly a prick and an idiot um but spielberg also signed off on this and so did all the other five producers seven in total said we're gonna keep that in mm-hmm. you could have stretched the other ones out you could have said this is what you fucking get you could have scrapped the entire movie but no let's uh we killed this guy and before we killed him we shot this footage here you go that's fucked up well yeah. they they, yeah. Didn't, they didn't put the footage into the movie though right like no not that they, they should have cut that entire segment out. They I, I agree. The they they should have stretched out, like we said earlier, like the wraparound or or the other the other three. I don't know how much kick kick the can could have really been stretched out, it, but the other two could yeah. have been stretched out. Yeah, more. absolutely. <laughs> and they were supposed to be longer. No, so that's yeah. my question. I, 
I have a Go quick ahead. thing to interject just because on the topic of Spielberg. Since I have a friend who worked on one of his films, and I'm going to just say allegedly a lot because I don't need to be sued, but okay, let's just say from what my friend said, Spielberg has allegedly um, had a pattern of cutting corners to save money. Um, and my friend also said that some of the stunts on his uh, particular film set were actually very close misses to having someone get hurt or killed. It was not a safe set, uh, according to my friend. No. So, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> and I can't say that I can't say that that really surprises me a whole lot. Um, I mean, you you think about like. And yes, this is a horrible tragedy, horrible tragedy. Um, but think about all of the other films that something like this has happened and they continued. The Crow. The Crow being the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I was thinking know, of that. Um, the, the, the most recent with Rust, um, mm -hmm. where, with, with the, the person getting killed, and they're going to continue. They're going to end up releasing that film. Um, you know, and, and the Erica, what you said about, you know, allegedly cutting corners. Like, I guarantee almost every director out there has mm -hmm. attempted to find ways to cut corners. Oh, it's yeah. I, I, all about I know money, that. all about profit. Um, and, and, but so you're right, sometimes dangerously close. Yeah. It's like there's one thing to cut corners, but when it risks people's uh, lives, that's a whole other thing. And, and then the whole like illegal child labor issues um, with this too, like that's a whole other yeah i mean yeah that's cutting corners to save money but that's a whole other uh, can of worms in and of itself even if that um accident didn't happen the illegality of it yeah and i also found that ironic so it's like that segment is a, against racism but yet it's like in real life they exploited these asian families it sounds like the parents from what I heard on if you if anyone isn't familiar with the backstory, there's a really great two part um, episode of the Behind the Bastards podcast, which goes really in depth on this. But uh, it sounds like uh, most of the parents couldn't speak English and they didn't have a translator on set who could speak the language that they did speak. So, I mean, they probably couldn't even really consent, you know, legally speaking to All have right. their their kids on this set anyway. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, there's just a, a lot of, a lot of ethical problems there. Y'all have to listen to that podcast. Um, I listen to it. Also, <laughs> also the, uh, the episode on cursed films on shutter. Yeah. Uh, did a, a really good episode on this. God, it's, it's well, shocking. Like when you see that helicopter come down, I was like, oh, yeah. And they show the footage. Show they, they and apparently uh, they, they hid those two little kids from like the fire marshal on set because they knew he wouldn't, go along mm -hmm. with having little kids so close to these huge explosions. They like they hid them from him. He didn't even know kids were on the set. Uh, so yeah, that, that, yeah, that's really important. And see, that's, right there. that's it. There's a big difference between cutting corners and hmm. being fucking idiots. And, you know and also, you, like, get that's stupid. That, you get the impression that Landis has never owned up to it. He's always like, well, you know, things happen. And, he, and then he also mm -hmm. tried to blame He tried to shift the blame to everybody else, you know, the mm -hmm. pyrotechnics guy. Yep. And the, you know, rather, but you're, you know, you're the director. You're, you're supposed to take, you're supposed to be the, you know, El Jefe. And he's a producer too. That, that's even yeah, worse. You, that's what I'm saying. That, like, okay. I'm for a little more ownership this footage, of it. You know, um, not 
the bad like what they showed on cursed films but like exploit what he did shoot like that should have never been in the movie and also like him showing up at all the funerals i would have bodily ejected that man <laughs> at my child's funeral and then him yeah. saying that and the balls of him and i'm this is I, I won't step on anybody after this but the balls of him saying vic morrow's funeral if you have been an actor and you've been in films and on stage you live forever i'm like you motherfucker yeah yeah mm-hmm. well you know vic can't yeah He's dead because of you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was gonna say, do you think? Do you think possibly this is why, like, you know, especially now with, with like the digital age, that it's more advantageous for for filmmakers to kind of do more, you know, digital and CGI style stunts because they're a lot safer to. I mean, as as much as they look like shit half the time, well, d- depending because a lot of like the you know stuff from like the early two thousands, which it's hard to believe that's now over twenty something years old now. Um, like the mummy returns for example like in spoiler if you haven't seen it but i mean you know it's a waste of the greatness that is the rock when he's only in it for five minutes in the beginning and then you see him as like the legitimate scorpion king that's like half man half scorpion and it looks like a fucking cut scene from a ps2 game and arnold voslo as as emotep like I mean, I, I get it. in a way stuff like that. I feel like it's safer to do, even though it looks like shit in the end, you're not really putting your actors at risk by doing that. I mean, as much as like we all grew up in the practical era and like, you know, it was like, even like, like terrifier two that we, that we talked about recently, that whole movie mm-hmm. is practical effects for the most part. I mean, I'm like this maybe minimal, like little to no CGI, but even still look at how much practical effects, they they relied on for that to you know it's to get like, like come back it, it is and, and you know because and again i know, I know we and if you want to listen to the episode we we have it on there and it's it's doing well from what from what i saw yeah um very well but i mean i i, I you know as somebody who is still trying to figure this this whole thing out with with filmmaking i mean if i mean if, if there was a way to make, make the cgi look better for some of this stuff like i i, I would I, I i could see why you would want to do CGI more. And I get like, that's like part of like, like the argument, like with, and I'm not trying to whatever, but like with the MCU movies and like DC and like, you know, those movies, most of them are shot in front of a green screen for the most part. Yeah. And it looks like it's soulless. I get it. But look at how much safer it is for the actors to actually be able to do that in front of a green screen. And I, you know, I'm not trying to say whatever, but I feel like Twilight Zone, like that particular segment with Landis mm-hmm. might have been the, you know, like, like the, the, the cautionary tale for you know try to play it as safe as you can you Wait, know? Yeah. Even, there was a safe way to do this oh absolutely mm-hmm. there was, absolutely was and i saw the the the, the shutter um the the curse films and i cried they were all saying like how he they, they were explaining to him like you don't want to do that you don't want to do that and he's like fuck you like i'm the director mm-hmm. basically and he wanted that shot so bad well he got it you got yeah. it, and then it cost three people their lives. Two two young Vietnamese children, no less, that you know, probably all excited to be in a movie, and then this this happened to them, the and then Vic Morrow, you know, yeah. But I want to lighten up the mood just a little bit with something. So we keep talking about <laughs> the uh, the uh, Joe Dante and George Miller segments, and you 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 know your movies like you know your story's good. I mean, like the Simpsons spoof it in the Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That is, and the fact yeah, that that, 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 that right. I mean, they they've, they've done the Nightmare at Twenty Thousand, but the but the Barton Homer episode 
as soon as you said about the jackal, I was like, oh shit, that's right, because the Simpsons fucking did it too. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I, I feel like that it's a good life is probably you're right. I think it's probably in the top five. So Nightmare on Twenty Thousand Feet also is probably in the top probably five of all time episodes of yeah. the, of the Twilight Zone. I mean, also too, you you all gotta. I mean, I think people need to realize too, like this this movie also had. <laughs> had an unfair um, uphill battle even before it started, even with Spielberg involved at, at that point. Cause you know, but he was also like the young, like wonderkind at that time. This is like, you know, he can do no wrong regardless. I mean, this is right after, I think his only flop at the time was what? 1942. And yeah. And it's a pretty funny movie. Right. But I mean, but you know, it didn't do as well as, you know, ET did or, or some of right. his other stuff would go on to do, but um. I mean, to be fair, and we've talked about it. Before, Creepshow, as as much of a, of a somewhat mixed bag as it's really not when you think about it, because all five of the stories are very even. Even the Jordy Verrill like has like a bit of emotional weight to it. All five mm-hmm. of the stories, including the wraparound, are all strong. Yeah, there's there's not really like if you really compare all the anthology movies, Creepshow. Even and the, the only one that I would I would say can hold it is <clears throat> Jock. On out of anything that would be trick or treat, yeah, that's yeah. the only one. That, <laughs> trick or treat, I, and I know because some people are like, well, that movie sucks, but but really, realistically, out of anything anthology that's come out since Trick or Treat is the only one that can kind of hang with with Creep Show because anthologies by their very nature are mixed bags. I I don't know. I, I see. I, I I strongly disagree because I actually loved and I love the irony, the fact of Anna Paquin's whole story and trick or treat because at the time when, when true blood was on but yeah yeah but i mean other than that i you know twilight zone had a had a really had really big shoes to follow i mean you had george romero and stephen king teaming up to bring mm-hmm. you this anthology and they were like all right let's get john landis and steven spielberg and then the irony is that well yeah landis really fucked up royally spielberg phoned it in we said earlier mm-hmm. joe dante and fucking george miller were the ones that were like they they took the, they knew what the assignment was they were like all right well we're gonna do what we gotta do yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm and I'm pretty sure I read that that George Miller like he just straight up walked off. Yeah, like like everything had been he had filmed everything, but he just straight yeah. up walked off before before post. And more props to him. Yeah. yeah. And if anybody's ever looking for any other type of like Joe Dante, and it's so underrated, and I fucking love the Inner Space with Dennis Quaid, oh, yeah. fucking Martin Short. Yeah. Like, Nobody's I, brought that movie up to me in like 30 years. I yeah. I, anytime it's on, like I'll stop what I'm doing to watch it. I fucking like I grew up on it and I fucking love that movie. But that's like classic like Joe Dante right there. Yep. So, and Kevin McCarthy too. Great. Kevin McCarthy. He was, he was great in everything. We were watching this last night to get ready for the uh, podcast and just watching him, watching Kevin McCarthy, even when he's not the center of the scene, just what the, the the stage work he's doing in the background. That is a seasoned professional actor. Everything that he does is just fantastic in that. Dude, the fact that he that he also did UHF and he's fucking great. And you and it's yeah. and it's a fun, it's a weird owl movie through and through. And the fact that Kevin McCarthy is such a fucking professional that he took that seriously. Yeah. And he like it's it, and I, I hate to sound cliche when I say it. It's not so much that he's like chewing the scenery; he's having like a full on buffet. Yeah, <laughs> and literally every movie that he was in from this movie on in the eighties, like he understood the assignment. He, he knew, knew what, what he it was. was. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of like um, and I don't know why I can't remember his name right now. Um, oh God, John from from Killer Clowns, the Officer Mooney. Mm-hmm. 
Oh um, yeah, the um, actor, and I don't know why I'm, I'm going to blank on his name. I, know, I, I just too. watched the movie the, the other day. Uh, yeah, and I, I can't think of his fucking name either. But, but, I know but he, but he also knew he was in a movie called Killer Clowns. But he was a total professional about. Was it Vernon? Uh, Something John? Was it John Vernon? John yeah. Vernon? That's John so Vernon. Yeah, that's it. yeah, him. So. um Kevin McCarthy was the same way, even at Interspace. Like he fucking he knew what the movie was and he understood the assignment and he steals. Well, I don't know, because Interspace has a lot going on with it because it has the great Robert Picardo as the cowboy, too. Yeah, John uh-huh. Vernon. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it is John is it John Vernon? Is John that his Vernon. name? Okay. It is. Right. Yes, but, but but I think, you know, <sighs> Again, I, I feel like if I, I feel like with this movie, people watch it more for the morbid curiosity because of what happened. They just mm-hmm. kind of want to see it, yeah. but you know. But then they're kind of watching it. They're like, "Well, this movie kind of sucks." And then those two come up, and you're like, "Why does that chick sound like Bart Simpson?" Oh wait, that is Bart Simpson. <laughs> so it actually is kind of funny that they not even more so now that the Simpsons did it, and Nancy got to be the actual like kid with the powers in, in the episode. Um. But yeah, Sean, that fucking rabbit really was creepy as shit. Yeah, yeah, it was. I remember it just terrifying me when I was a kid. Wait, and doesn't 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 Nancy Cartwright was Dan Aykroyd turning into the monster? And doesn't Nancy Cartwright's character get eaten by like a cartoon dragon or some shit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like when they all turn on her, and she's like, "Oh, great." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My my, I love the the part where they when she goes upstairs and they grab her purse and they immediately start going through it. Watch Kevin McCarthy in that. Watch his acting. Yeah, it's just brilliant. Yeah, it's so so fun. They're like stealing the lip balm and putting it on. And yeah, she's like, she's got the cigarette. The dad's got the lighter, and she's like, "Give me a lighter," and he's like, "Give me a cigarette." <laughs> <laughs> I um and also got grossed out a little bit during that one with the with the peanut butter cheeseburgers. Yeah, that is kind of so, gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, I, I will say, I I long time ago I had to go to Peoria for a, a work related event, and there was a bar across the street from the hotel, and I went over there and I said, I don't know, you know, what's good, you know, whatever you got, hook me up, and he brings me out this grilled chicken sandwich with peanut butter on it, and it was fucking amazing. Oh no, no. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was it was good. See, so I, I feel like I feel like if maybe I was stoned, I'd be like, yeah, but yeah. No, <laughs> uh, it was just the way that the, the heat from the chicken melted the peanut butter to where it was all just liquefied and goo. Oh man, it was so good. Yeah, there's, but, a, there's a place here that uh, has different specialty burgers and stuff, and they have an Elvis burger that has peanut butter and bananas on it. And they say bananas too, right? Yes, banana.ペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナペナ
Right. I, I, I like that part of it too. That was a little bit of a little twist there. Yeah. And then when the great uh, Dick Miller in the in the oh yeah in the oh, diner. Dick Miller, that's what I mean. Joe Joe Dante, another one like a, like yeah. a regular for Joe Dante, and and I highly recommend it for anyone who's ever seen it. There's a documentary about it. I think it's on Prime. It's called That Guy Dick Miller. It's it's very it's very yeah. Well, it's an a lot awesome of the movies that we cover on the show, you're always going to see a Dick Miller. Every Dick Miller time. or Buck Flowers, and we're always like <laughs> Dick Miller or, or, or Savini. Right, yeah, something. We, it's one of the, one of the, one of the big three. So it's Dick. I have, um, Dick. Um, yeah. I have a my my uh, chopping mall shirt is has fucking him on there. Yeah, I had the one where I had like the picture of him. It was like like the flyer. Yeah, like the that's, rags, a, yeah. that's the one I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because when he popped up last night while we were watching it, because I had no recollection of that vignette, I um <laughs> looked at David and I was like, "Well, we all need a little dick in our lives." I didn't take it personally. Well, that's great. We just we just watched um Gremlins <laughs> on Christmas Day, and God, I haven't watched again, it probably. Dick, dick Miller. I don't think I've watched it since I before I had kids, so that's been twenty two years. I got to be honest; I think the second one is still better, and I think he's oh, he's god, no. he, oh my god, Gremlins two is fucking funny as shit. <laughs> but it gets, it's, I don't want my and, Gremlins and I, funny. I want my Gremlins scary. You gotta understand, Joe Joe Dante. <laughs> I think I don't know because even even like with this with this particular segment that he did for the Twilight Zone. I feel like Joe Dante approaches every movie like it's a cartoon brought to life, and I and I think that's okay, why I like sure. Gremlins too. Plus, I mean, when when I saw Gremlins, I saw it in theaters. I saw both of them in theaters, mm-hmm. but Gremlins two struck a struck a good you know it's like a memory that I have as a kid. Plus, you know the fact that you know I think I was just it was more my brothers because they were also born in eighty three. Um, right. More like their speed when it came out because I was in like middle school or almost in middle school when it came out. So I guess it just didn't hit me right, but. Um. Yeah, I I had a fucking point. Oh, I want to talk about Burgess Meredith, the man. Yeah. Because uh, obviously we know uh, Rod Serling. He only was fifty when he died, and he did not look so great on the Night Gallery, which people mistakenly think he wrote for, like The Twilight Zone. He was just the host, and he was not in great health. So he died in seventy-five, and I think the one of the few things they really fucking did right was have Burgess Meredith do the narration. Yeah, Burgess Meredith is probably one of the most iconic. Um, William Shatner did two episodes. Burgess Meredith did four, and he has that very iconic voice, which a lot of people who watched like reruns of the original Batman show, he was you know the penguin. Uh, and, yeah, Mickey, and, uh, Mickey from Rocky, like that. I mean, he, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he was, all these iconic yeah. roles, but he did four episodes, including Time Enough at Last, which is my worst nightmare. I might tell you guys as much as I love to read. One of the things I got the most in trouble for was reading as a child and just the idea of like, what? I, mean, I have enough time to read and then I can't, I, I, I don't know what I do, but yeah, having him narrate was a stroke of genius because obviously nobody can be Rod Serling, but Rod Serling. So they're like, you know, Burgess Meredith, let's do that. So it was really good. It was not, it didn't, they weren't trying to replicate Rod Serling. They were like, here's another voice that's important in the twilight zone world but it's not trying to be rod sterling because i think that would have been a big mistake so i i like that burgess meredith is a narrator and it's funny how uh, if you scratch the the top layer of any of these movies we've done you find richard matheson lurking right beneath the layer the level too yep. it's just amazing Correct. no matter what we do you, if you read enough you'll find richard matheson's fingerprints on it and richard matheson got started doing the twilight zone 
Yeah. And some of the best fucking episodes are Richard Madden yeah. episodes. Mm-hmm. I will put that up there. That and Charles Beaumont. Yes. A lot of great writers came out of Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. but yeah, Richard Matheson is the man. And one thing I wanted, my last pitch from saying that this movie is pretty good is the design of the gremlin in the final segment. So much better than the than the one in the original episode. It's just, it's, it's like a little guy in a furry suit in the, in the original. <laughs> I like it because of that. It's and, just this, so and this one, I, I love the design of the gremlin. It's so great when he grabs his face with that claw. And does a little finger wag and yeah yeah I, I thought I thought that was really a, a great update on that. he's he's yeah. right too because like the the creature from the episode looks like one of the the creatures from the I don't know if you guys remember the old school Laurel and Hardy March of the Wooden Soldiers yeah yeah it, the bogeyman it, 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 the bogeyman right yeah that's actually what that little gremlin from the episode of Twilight like looks like compared yeah. to what <laughs> the movie and version the gremlin, actually it, looks it, like it, a fucking and, gremlin and we get a better jumps jump scare i think in the original episode though because he just looks and there it is you know it, it doesn't it, i like the creature design better because obviously that was ridiculous in the original but i don't know i just feel like the jump scare was there yeah oh yeah i jumped pretty high last night and, and in this one too the gremlin uh is just living his best life he's sitting on that engine just waving his hands around yeah. just having, having a good time he's just doing what, what he's supposed to be doing i love and, that and i think if i remember as a kid it wasn't like the up close of the gremlin that scared me it was it was the distance shots where you almost it was almost like a silhouette you couldn't really see you, it you didn't quite know what it was but you knew it wasn't right and he's out there just riding that thing like Ooh, having like fun. a bronco and yeah like, oh it was green and slimy which it was i'm like well you got to humor them yeah <laughs> these <crazy. laughs> Back in the days when you could take a, uh, if you were an agent, you could take a gun on a plane. And you could smoke on them. That's what always pissed me off that I missed out on that because I hate fucking playing. <laughs> like, can you just make an exception for me? Put me in a box back there, but I really don't want to fucking be up in the air right now. <laughs> I like how that little girl just pops over the seat with the, the no, full camera, big ass flash, poof. And she's yeah. got the WC Fields doll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many people got that. <laughs> WC Fields was way before then. I think one of the one of the few things too, like that kind of I, I guess that that did kind of benefit when it came out was obviously the the series got revived and for for the better because I feel like like the the revival series was much better than this movie. Let's be honest. It had its moments, like when they did it's still a good life. Um, which, which had Billy Mooney re- reprising his role, which they also did in the early 2000s version. They kept updating it. Those were better than what they did in this movie. No offense to Joe Dante, but I just think like it just wasn't as scary. Yeah, it was too comedic. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. It, it was, was it was a cartoon. It was a cartoon. Was which, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's how he approaches like most of this. That's what I mean. But like, like Billy even- Mooney scares the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> Yeah, that's, well, that, that's I love that episode. God, the original and the original black and white. But we also got the revival of the Outer Limits too at, at that time, like right after. Outer Limits could never hold a candle to Twilight Zone. No, no. But plus, said. Outer Limits was more science fiction than I mean, Twilight's almost kind of you know both. It's but soft sci-fi, right? And but like a character study or but a Outer Limits was always Outer sci-fi. Limits was always Hard more sci-fi. sci-fi. And I guess if if nothing else, at least Outer Limits got like the memo where like don't make a movie out of this. Because, I mean, because, because, of, because of because of because of Twilight Zone, which one? Kirsten Dunst did an episode on the Outer Limits revival. That's the only one I remember, <laughs> and I don't remember what it was about. So that tells you something. I liked how they had this argument at the beginning of the movie. 
Yeah. I'm in the airport. They're like, no, that was the zone. That was the zone. That was the zone. I don't know how people can get them confused. Well, we're 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 horror snobs. We are. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it, it did definitely try to be very meta with with that opening too. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. really did, and I think definitely that- reviving that age old argument instead of Star Wars, Star Trek, it's Outer Limits, Twilight Zone. Right. There's always that that like versus. But for me, it's just like, man, I get so fucking uptight because, like, before Night Living Dead, before Romero, there was the Twilight Zone for me. That was where yeah. it really started. And I don't, like I, like I was saying, like, I don't really think I would have been prepared to be such a Romero fan, something that says something, something that makes a statement, if Rod Sterling hadn't started me out. Yeah, I remember I watching it on a little, I was a, I was a little eight-inch black-and-white TV in my bedroom as a little kid, you know, seven years old, watching The Zone. That was my introduction to horror, was the Twilight the Zone. the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that feeling when you meet somebody new and you're talking, and and then you're like, "Oh, what do you? Oh, I like horror movies. How about you?" And they go, "Oh, I don't really like scary stuff." And you just kind of turn and walk yeah, away. Like, and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go get another drink. Like, I don't know what to talk about now. Yeah, oh. <laughs> what are we gonna talk about? This this will be kind of a funny little thing. So, like when when we were kids, like we, you know, we were poor and living in the Bronx, so we only had a black and white TV. So imagine my my surprise when we finally got a colleague TV to realize that Twilight Zone was always in black and white. I was fucking pissed. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this shit? And then my mom was like, no, it's in black and white. Like, for real. So, so yeah, there's there's that. (laughs) So, I I know we have uh, at least one lengthy uh, bad review um or mm-hmm. shitty review i i am like i i've been waiting for this all day for the strong shitty reviews for this because <laughs> I, I love that i i not, not only because like it's been a while but i know for this movie in particular like, like there's there's probably gonna be a lot of like stuff. there's there's a theme mm, yeah <laughs> so before and... we move on to that section oh that's a cute baby um um does anybody else want to air out anything before we um, I would just like to. Oh, sorry. I would like to take a, a very brief moment to wish John Landis into a cornfield. Yeah, and uh, that's, all. that's all. Just making my Jack in the Box head first. Yeah, yeah. We can, Wishing you the worst. Well, Erica, I'd just like to say you and every everybody else. I'm about to read. Mm. So okay. <laughs> hey, listen, it's it's hard for me to like even like I, I don't I don't defend him from. I, it's just because you know how much I love. American werewolf. I, I do too. It gets and, brought up. And I and I and I know like, you know, I'm I sound I sound like a hypocrite because like, you know, you've got to try to separate the artist from the art. But while I personally have never and will never watch any of the Jeepers Creepers films because of, you know, what a piece of shit Victor mm-hmm. Salva is, I can't not watch American Werewolf. I can't not watch Coming to America. And you know what? hot take i mean it's funny but i think the blues brothers is super overrated i do too yeah i i mean i think it's funny same with animal house to be honest with you it's very overrated if we're being on but that's that's me i'm gonna sound like an asshole i'm sure and hopefully people tweet about it and say you know fuck this guy like he thinks he wants to make movies but he can't even fucking like respect the blues brothers and animal house like whatever I'm, you're I'm not the boss of what you fucking like man exactly Sorry, listeners, but you're not and and on top of that i mean if, if we're being fair i mean Thriller was better than fucking half of Landis's fucking movies that he actually directed. Yeah, this, this is true. Just saying, just saying, you know, the whole 14 minute, you know, which by the way, if nobody's um, had the chance to, it's actually on in 4K on YouTube now. 
So it's it's the actual it's the actual updated like the IMAX version that came out when that Jack Black kids movie came out that Eli Roth did the house with a clock in its walls. It's just not in 3D, but Mm. I mean, it literally jumps off your 4K TV like Michael's red leather outfit that he that he rocks. Yeah, yeah. But but no, that's that's. I mean, just for me, just for this. I mean, honestly, like it's it's. I I get it. But Landis is a piece of shit. I get it. It's true. But yeah. I mean, the, he's only got like two good movies, and one of them just happens to be my all-time favorite horror movie. So you know, sorry, not not sorry, but yeah, yeah. It's that's we had the same conversation about you know with Dave about Mel Gibson and and Road Warrior. I mean, sometimes you can, and sometimes you can't. Yeah, that's personal choice. All right, well, let's get this show on the road, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, so uh, I'm going to start out with the Rotten Tomato scores, uh, Twilight Zone, the movie. Critics gave it 59%. And the audience gave it 55. It's about right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like I said, common theme here. Um, I have a very long one that I'm going to save till the end. Um, So, and I don't have many others because they really all said the same thing. So um, it didn't take a lot to uh, pour through all these. (laughs) Uh, Our first one from Joe Aragorn. Feels kind of gross to review a movie where children died while making it, and they still decided releasing the movie was a good idea. Because, surprise, it was a terrible fucking idea. Uh, Jake Clark says, This is seriously the most deplorable movie in existence. The guy who died's acting is good, at least. Damn. (laughs) He wasn't in the Blackboard Jungle with Sidney Poitier? The guy died? Okay, sorry. Sorry. Right. He also goes on to say, "In five, I'm five minutes in, and I already know it wasn't worth three lives." Oh, <laughs> damn. Not wrong. Is that there a bitch. movie? Is there a movie that five minutes in he would think was worth three <laughs> right. lives? Like- right, Deliverance. <laughs> Debbie does Dallas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Devil and Mrs. Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Carter Haskins says the number of Twilight Zone, the movie related casualties has increased to four because my ass was bored to death. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. Damn. That's both funny and dark. Yeah. Fuck. 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 <laughs> All right. So so that leads us to the uh, the long one that I'm going to read. So bear with me. Um, this is from Zach Marsh. Fuck John Landis. Seriously, fuck him. Fuck him and every other person who contributed to the deaths of a screen icon and two children. Fuck them all, and fuck them again for deciding that making money off the blood they spilt was more important than finding one fucking iota of human fucking decency within themselves and cutting the segment. Fuck his flippant fucking bullshit attitude and his incompetence. He killed three people and feels he's completely free of blame. It's fucking sickening that this rat-faced piece of shit was ever allowed to have a career after what he did. 
the fact that three of his films are in my top 1000 at the time I write this does not fucking sit right with me. The notion that I have to acknowledge that he has talent, that he ever made any good films because they're good films on their own merit, because those films have nothing to do with this makes me sick because I want absolutely no association with anything that has his name on it. He could offer me a billion dollars to be on one of his film sets and I would literally spit in his fucking face. When I figure out which of my fringe films to swap into the list, fuckface Landis movies are almost certainly going out first. The Blues Brothers, Animal House, and Trading Places aren't that fucking good. Okay, no. Time out. Yeah, no, tra- Trading Places is fucking great. Sorry, yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. I forgot no. that he did that. No. Sorry. As for the film itself, even without the deaths and the dirty dealings that happened afterwards, this film fucking sucks. Spielberg's segment is like if someone threw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, 1941, Always, and fucking Hook into a blender with, <laughs> with, some, with some lemon juice and a cat turd <laughs> and then pressed it into a fil- film reel. Landis's segment is incomprehensible and atrocious which just maybe is related to the fact that he had to edit around having killed his lead actor halfway through the fucking shoot. (laughs) Joe Dante and George Miller's segments are fine, unremarkable. Neither one is nearly good enough to add anything to the half-star score I gave it. And if they were, any chance of that happening is torpedoed by the fact that John Landis is a bearded sack of shit disguised as a human being. Wow. This movie, as a movie, is a disgrace to the Twilight Zone. And this movie, as a thing that happened in human history, is a disgrace to decency and humanity. Vic Morrow, Micah Din Lee, Renee Shin Yi Chin, remember their names. And then sat it better myself. Yeah. And fuck John Landis. And fuck John Landis. Yeah, but they did, he dissed on Animal House. No, my mom was all about it, and I just never lose. I was like, I guess it's a thing. It's fine. Oh, and I wanted to mention in, in the Landis episode of this movie, the Landis segment, they 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 give you a Niedermeyer uh, callback. You know, the guys, the uh, American squad is like, man, we shouldn't have fragged Niedermeyer. That's right out of Animal House, you know, because he gets at the end, he gets fragged by his own guys in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a nice little uh, closing the loop on Niedermeyer there. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I reached out before I, I do my review um, on social media to hear what people had to say about this film. I'll share a couple. Um, Horrorfiend said, really love this anthology. I wasn't expecting that. That, that I wasn't expecting that was me. Um, Ren, who is a frequent commenter on our post. Thank you, Ren. Six out of ten, entertaining, about half great and half so-so. Oddly enough, Miller and Dante outperformed Landis and Spielberg who were the heavyweights on the spill. It's tough to watch these days knowing the tragedy, but Nightmare at 20,000 Feet will get me to tune in when it's on. Also, um, Sierra Marie. I remember this one make it, um, I remember this one made it into the Curse Films documentary. I couldn't believe how terrible that tragedy was. It was awful. Movies for days. Watched it a lot growing up. Only recently learned of the helicopter crash tragedy. I think it was a good way into the TV series for younger viewers, not used to black and white. Great performances throughout, especially John Lithgow. And then I liked Geeky Tees. Crap, I forgot the bad juju of this film. There's just a little bit. So it mixed bag. So I'm curious to see how people 
Now we're all going to rate this. Yeah. To touch on what, what Rin said about, you know, Joe Dante and George Miller overshadowing uh, Spielberg and Landis, that uh, Roger Ebert said the same yeah, thing in his gonna, review. Yeah. It's just a fact. No. Just a fact. Um, a real thing. So I, I did an erga on this. I did a split rating. My first rating is on the film behind the scenes, the legacy, what it did to the film. I gave it a zero out of 10. <laughs> Nobody deserves to die for any fucking movie. I don't care what fucking movie it is. And if that happens and you're just decided you're going to still put this fucking movie out, don't put the goddamn footage in there. Right. Of where the people died, except in obviously they didn't show that part, but um, seeing it on Curse Films was just, mm. God, I shivers down my spine. I felt sick. I cried. It was horrible. Seeing it, it's not something I needed to do, but so he put this nonsensical thing that that could have been fucking cut like i said uh but they were just greedy and they had plenty of fines to pay illegally working children they were working them at two in the morning hired them off the street not supposed to do that i mean just fuck ups all around then and i just think landis gets enough shit he deserves more about it but let's throw spielberg in there he was a fucking producer and he could have said no this is wrong but they had money to pay restitutions to families. So I guess they just thought they'd exploit that too. It was just terrible, terrible judgment. Zero. Zero on, on humanity scale. Now, as a movie, I personally don't think that this movie needs to exist. And this is coming from probably the biggest Twilight Zone fan you will ever meet. Um, I'm dressed head to toe in Twilight Zone right now. All the original series. We really should have stopped there. But um, I gave it 5 out of 10 Gremlins. Um, it's okay. I, I, I'm of the mind that I agree that Miller and, uh, Joe Dante did a pretty good job considering that they rushed it, that Miller walked off, um, after everything, you know, he just, he couldn't, and I don't blame him. I would have done the same fucking thing, but Joe Dante was being Joe Dante, but I felt like it wasn't as good as the original episode, which was genuinely fucking scary. But I get it. You're trying to update it or whatever. And it was fun. It's, it's fine. It's just so-so based on those two segments alone. John Lithgow's great, like I said. But uh really wish they could have gotten Shatner back. Be like a, That would be a fun way to revisit it. But they were doing the Star Trek movies. But they had started doing those and he couldn't do it. So, um, but John Lithgow's great. I just, if they could have at least kept the, the integrity of the original point of of the story he had a mental breakdown on an airplane because he doesn't like to fly not just put a guy in a plane and he's afraid to fly like come on give us a little backstory that makes it mean something mm -hmm. like the stakes are higher because he had a mental breakdown on an airplane so he's fighting harder to be like well i, I guess i shouldn't say anything well should i because they're gonna think i'm great you know like it takes that whole takes it all out so i just think this is a mediocre movie that would just be a footnote in 80s horror that most people wouldn't even speak about if not for the tragedy. So it is, in my opinion, this and The Crow are probably the most cursed films ever. Mm. I don't think the, the Crow would have done as well. I mean, I think it would have gone on to be okay. I don't think people, it would have been such a legacy had Brandon Lee not died. And that's just my opinion. I mean, I don't, we don't know. I, I think The Crow's a good movie. Could have been better. But uh, also this movie could have been way better. And but without the, mm -hmm. the tragedy, like I said, it's just a, a, a burn of the mill. Nobody cares. Movie. It's okay. That's all I have to say. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm not gonna give it two ratings because I I mean I end up giving it the same that you did um, <laughs> as far as the the legacy for this goes. But as the film, uh, I gotta give it. I'm gonna give it a four out of ten. Rabbits and a hat. I <laughs> I didn't even really <laughs> put too much thought into that. Um, I watched this a lot when I was a kid, and. I remember enjoying it, um, but now that I'm older, I've experienced more of the original Twilight Zone. Um, I understand it more. It, this doesn't hold a candle to the original. And I can see why they they wanted to do something with it um, because of the legacy of Twilight Zone. It's the whole reason people reboot the things that they do is because, you know, they're trying to make a buck off of someone else's success. And <laughs> that's what all of this is about. The legacy of this film is about them just trying to make a buck and, you know, cutting corners and doing the dangerous shit that they did just to make some money. And this is where it got us. Um, there, You know, there, there's some memorable performances in this. Um, the last two segments were by far my favorite and the wraparound was, was fun, but it just, there's nothing really like to me, like I'm kind of like, I was liking crystals boat cause I hadn't seen this in a long time and there's not really a whole lot that was memorable aside from like some of the, the stuff out of the Joe Dante, uh, episode. <laughs> it, it just, it, I, there were, I told candy that I remember, at one point confusing this with tales from the dark side, like some of the <laughs> segments, like, because it, like I said, like there were so many anthologies that had come out around that time that it was like hard for me to keep track. Well, you know, which segment did I see in this, but you know, that's just me and my dumbass brain because I sometimes get the creep show segments mixed up and think that, you know, one from creep show two is actually, you know, in the, the, the original. So that's just me being stupid, but it just going back and rewatching this, like, you know, yeah, it, there were some fun scenes in it, but I think all in all, uh, as a whole, I, I didn't think it was all that great. So four out of 10 rabbits at a hat. Fair. Hmm. Um, who would like to go next? Okay, I'll go. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to give this one. Well, I'm not, I'm not sorry. Seven <laughs> out of 10 uh, peanut butter hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and as, and as, if it wasn't for you know the episodes are these segments are shown in sort of ascending quality like they start off weaker and get better and better and then the final one i thought was just great and i wanted to uh, make a point because uh, ken you were saying that it, you get more of a backstory in um the original one with Shatner's character. This one, they, they did give you an attempt at a backstory. Remember, he's got that book on his lap about computer programming or something. And and he's, and so obviously they're saying he's a really smart guy, obviously a brilliant guy when it comes to like computers, but can't handle the real world, I think. And that was in the early days of like, uh, well, not the early, but that was sort of computers were a thing, were becoming a thing. So I think they were making a point there that this guy's really good with machines, but can't handle actual life. Uh, or maybe I'm just stretching. Maybe I'm just uh, trying to, you know, fill that void. But uh, yeah. What I guessed about it was more that um, because he, he seems to think like ten. What is, what is, am I trying to say it right? Ten, tangential. 
whatever, like more like yeah. think of all the, uh, the different ways this can go wrong. Yes. <laughs> but I, 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 I love the last one. I'd, I'd watched the last one just on its own. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, uh, remake of the original so yeah I, I like this movie a lot i have fond memories of watching it with some friends you know and we were you know, whatever 21 or 22 and uh getting drunk and watching this uh, uh so yeah i enjoy this movie um it's not perfect it's hard to separate it from the tragedy um but like we mentioned again with certain actors if if you deep if, if i ejected everything that uh some of my some of my favorite movies the actors did in them i wouldn't have any movies to watch you know i don't know they very much have to separate art from artist. Yeah. I, yeah you have to throw it over your shoulder like Kurt Vonnegut says, you know. <laughs> my turn. You guys are going to roast my ass. Um, so I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 Yo Noid special appearances because we didn't really talk about <laughs> how the, um, the creature... Uh, turn into all these different things. And I swear, there. if you stop just right, you're going to see you annoyed. I don't know how they got sued even further. Um, you know, it, I I did not know about the tragedy till last night. So, you know, seeing this growing up and having seen it for a long time, you know, I can't really hold that into my judgment because it's such fresh information that it has to process. But, you know, it, it's not... It's not the best movie. However, I have the same trouble with, uh, we, we referenced Tales from the Dark Side uh, movie. I only remember one vignette from it, and it's because it scared the shit out of me when I was little, and I still have nightmares about it. Um, and that's probably why I remembered um, the vignette with the gremlin in this one uh, so much. Um I, I enjoy this movie for what it is, the tragedy behind it. You know, you can only express condolences and apologies so much. And we weren't even involved in it. Like the person who was directly involved in it won't take ownership, probably because mentally he thinks if he takes ownership, then that leads to, you know, even more uh, downtroddenness for him. So uh big asshole um but <laughs> i did like the plane with the string yeah, you, <laughs> you see strange, the string yeah. and the plane as it's going by but um like i said i'm just gonna have to give it eight out of ten you know each special appearances okay whoever would like to go next erica i think she's frozen she kind of looks frozen yeah We'll give her a minute. Uh, Nico, you want to go? Erica, you there? Erica, let me check. I thought she was just being really still. I think her internet may be down for a sec because she hasn't even posted in the... Uh... Oh, okay. oh, there, there she is. There you are. Hey. Perfect yeah. timing. <laughs> Don't know why my connection got lost, but... Um, so is it my turn already? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Ah, Okay. Yeah. I, um, yeah, with this one, I'm, I'm just going to give a rating based on what I, you know, think of the movie itself, like pretending I know nothing about the, uh, the deaths or, or anything or the, you know, unethical stuff that led up to that. But, um, I feel like I'd probably go six out of 10. Um, I don't even know what 
what metric to give this. It's funny. So, oh, six out of 10, um, like dumb hitchhiker jump scares, perhaps. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like, you know, like, I don't feel like it's a, a terrible film, but it doesn't, um, like I said earlier, it doesn't capture like the whole, the whole feel uh, and like the, the cool writing of the original um, Twilight Zone series. Like, I don't even honestly like that wraparound segment a whole lot. Like, I like the the bit where they're riffing on movie, uh, you, you know, uh, themes, you know, like where they're kind of singing along to them. That's kind of funny. But the whole thing where, like, like the, the the one character is like, oh, I want to see something scary and just turns into a monster. It's like, that's just jump scare bullshit. That's not, like, what the Twilight Zone was about. It, it's like, you just don't see, that's not the way they wrote the show. I think the writing in this is pretty weak. Um, even when they they did remakes to like pretty strong popular episodes of the original series, I I don't think the writing holds up. Um, which isn't to say that some of the segments aren't fun. Um, I think that the Landis and Spielberg segments are the weakest. Like Spielberg's is just way too saccharine and sentimental. I I don't feel like that belongs in the Twilight Zone. Um, the Landis segment, it's like, well, now we, we know why that doesn't feel like that's a proper ending. It's just, just a bunch of like, this guy getting his comeuppance and then like nothing changes. There's no twists. There's no redemption. So it's like, well, we know why there wasn't, but it's like leaving it th- that way is just weak. It's not a good segment. Um, so yeah, I just, I just have to go with six out of 10 here. Yeah, I guess I'll go for the for the final. So I five out of ten. Just Kevin McCarthy stealing the show as always. Um, <laughs> You're next. Yeah, again, this is this is definitely a mixed bag. Uh, like the the definite uh, epitome of what an anthology film or whatever with anthologies is. The tragedy aside, um, like you said earlier. Andy uh, Landis's story had the potential to probably be the strongest one out of out of everything here since it was original and didn't have anything really to kind of you know piggyback off from an original series. And of course, he you know we know what happened. Um, Spielberg's felt more like an Amazing Stories episode that probably should have been saved for the TV show as opposed to a Twilight Zone movie. I mean, again, I I, I like like the sappiness of it because I, I get it, but I mean like. Erica said it's like sugary to the point like my, my fucking pancreas hurts just watching that episode. <laughs> um, and to, you know, kind of piggyback off what we were saying earlier, it's too. Joe Dante and George Miller, the, the two who were kind of like the new kids on the block, showed that the, the two quote-unquote heavyweights how much better they were at, at doing their job and understanding the assignment of what was a Twilight Zone movie. So... It's not my favorite. It hasn't aged well. I mean, the wraparound story is awesome. I mean, Dan Aykroyd and Albert Brooks, who we didn't even talk about, was the hitchhiker. Was the guy that yeah. was the actual driver. He was sufficiently obnoxious for me to be happy he died. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I know, I know, like the even like the series kind of leaned in more like on the on the horror side of things, but I don't know. I feel like the the movie kind of missed the point where you know the Twilight Zone to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It was almost more like like a dark fantasy like with a morality tale wrapped around it and 
this didn't get it. Although Landis tried, I get it as much he his story was was supposed to have been that, but obviously we know what happened. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, the fact that that they played it safer with with three remakes of of a uh, of episodes, I guess, makes more sense for you know how you were going to do this movie. But again, this had big shoes to fill because with Creepshow coming out the year earlier and fucking like just killing it on all fronts on how you were going to properly do an anthology film going forward. Because I know there was some before this. You know, we had like the earlier Tales from the Crypt from like the. The the what is it like they were they were like the British um, <laughs> productions or whatever at that time like when Joan Collins like in the seventies yeah those, those, yeah, those, those, yeah those, those were some they're, great they're, they're good but but again like mixed bag where I feel like with, with Creepshow like they they understood the formula like they they got it right and you had three experts doing it though true this is this is and like these are three people who like grew up on Twilight Zone who grew up on Tales from the Crypt like the EC, EC comics, comics you know what I mean like Night Gallery things things like that like these are they they understood the form of they understood the assignment this didn't this didn't get it all it, it tried way too hard to be a PG horror movie mm-hmm. and it and it fell flat on its face for the first half of the film and then the second half is is when like they you know Dave's right it goes in ascending order it goes from like yeah, I'm glad there wasn't a sequel to this. I mean, yeah, we got the revival series out of it. We got when, three revivals. Three, but yeah. when the fuck are they gonna? They're, they're not gonna learn because I mean, I, I'll guarantee you now with the with the invention of Paramount Plus that is a thing now, and the fact that Paramount has the rights for it, it will probably be rebooted for streaming soon. I'm sure. I don't know when they're gonna fucking get it through their thick heads. It's it's not gonna happen. It's like you can't make fetch a thing. Don't make it happen. You can't make Twilight Zone. <laughs> You can't make Twilight Zone revival. Yeah, yeah. You you can't you can't make Twilight Zone revival another thing. I mean, it'll be the fourth time, and it'll it'll it won't last long. Nothing compares to that original series. Yeah, it just makes you want to watch the original. That's actually I mean, the what only, I did today. I mean, the the best way I could probably compare this to would be like like the different Star Trek series. I know like they're all different. But in reality, people only look back at the original series with Shatner, ironically, and of course, our superior Next Generation series. Love the Next so, Generation, right? Love See it. what I mean? Like everybody always says, which, which it's either original series or Next. Original. Then there's everything else. But this is the same thing with the Twilight Zone. Like as the revivals keep going, they're getting worse and worse with with this. So they need to stop. Jordan Peele couldn't save it. No, Just no. Saying. That that's at all, and the fact you had Forrest Whitaker earlier because Forrest Whitaker is the fucking man. Oh yeah, and he right. couldn't Absolutely. even fucking save it. I think yeah. I think maybe don't have a host, <laughs> just have a voiceover person. Just to, just get Roger Jackson that does the voice of fucking Ghostface. Yes. Perfect voice to be a narrator for this. Mojo Jojo, right? Let him just let him narrate it. That's all. Right. Even get fucking Robert England. He's still young enough to fucking do this. If you yes. want to get somebody? Yeah. See, I mean, it's I I feel the same way with unsolved mysteries. Like, who's going to beat Robert Stack? No, 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 no. Try. There's, exactly. There's, there's no exactly. other voice. Robert that. Stack was the dude. And as much as like you know, like the the creep show Shutter series is so fucking hit or miss. Like, at least they got it right with having a fucking puppet. Like, I mean, granted, they're at that point they're ripping off tales from the crypt fully. Just they just don't have a voice actor voicing the fucking the the fucking creep. But at least they got it right with that. Don't have yeah. anybody talking. Just have them flip through the fucking comic, and that's it. Yeah. This, this honestly, I mean, 
I feel like ever since the original fucking series ended, like they've been trying for fucking what almost close to how long is it now? 40, 50 years since it, it came ended out? In what, nineteen sixty one? I believe. It was only it was one of those like EC comics run where it was only a couple of glorious fucking years. But you you can't match it lightning in a bottle. Right. Yeah. And like honestly, yeah. like it, it feels like it it was on longer than what it really was. Same thing like with, with the Munsters and with the Adams family and with all those those shows from that era. It's it's the same thing. But you know, this this film it should I agree. First of all, should have cut that whole complete story out completely. Or just scrap the movie altogether. I, I get it. Um but also too from like, you know, the studio business standpoint, that's a lot of money that the you know, now I mean, obviously we know like what happened like with Warner Brothers since the whole buyout happened. Like how many movies like they've just completely scrapped and shelved without even blinking and just saying "fuck it, we're gonna take the loss and whatever." That that wasn't an option then. So, but yeah, um, five out of ten Kevin McCarthy film the movies. I mean, it just I don't know. I I don't even recommend it honestly. Just if if anything just watch it for the joe dante and john lithgow's performance otherwise you know you, you really are missing much if you never see this fucking movie just watch the old show there, there you yeah, go please do that That's the the old show. to do it in comparison i was like man the original nightmare at twenty thousand feet was better put it on and then i end up watching all the way up until we started recording i've been watching all day like because i i bought all the stuff when they first hit dvd they were like a hundred dollars a piece I remember. So that was a lot of fucking money. I bought, I bought them all, and and then they came out as a whole set for a hundred. I'm like, you just fucked me, man. But it's worth it. Um, well, and also too, let's not forget every every it's a it's a tradition now. Every New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, that sci-fi shows the entire series, the yeah, original I don't series. Even need to have that, mm-hmm. I yeah. Watch them, and yeah. I watch them as many times as I can. But I wanted to ask everybody really quickly. We've all given our ratings. Um, if you had to pick any of the segments or even if it's the wraparound, what is your favorite? From this movie? From this movie. If we were going to do the show, I'd be here all fucking night, but. <laughs> the only one I remembered from my, from, from my childhood. <laughs> John Lithgow's. <laughs> yeah, I'd go with John Lithgow's, although I do feel uh, that we got robbed through obviously tragic events. The the redemptive arc of Bill in the first one would have liked to have seen how that could have played out. You know, if, if it could have been completed as planned, um, that might have been more interesting. Because you know, who doesn't you know who doesn't like to see a racist piece of shit get his comeuppance? But also some redemption would have been nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the John Lithgow one is, is per- I loved I, particularly the design of the Gremlin. So good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to go with that one too. Yeah, tough choice. I I'm kind of torn between uh, the John Lithgow one and uh, Joe Dante's segment. Um, probably I, slightly more favorable to the Lithgow, um, you know, nightmare at like twenty thousand uh, feet, you know, adaptation. Um, I would have to, I guess, agree with the John Lithgow one because he's just a phenomenal actor like you give him anything remember him showing up as a trinity killer in dexter and i was just like mm-hmm. yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, i was there i was on board for that yeah oh yeah. my god it was so great and i actually like after that the show wasn't even good anymore i was like well he just yeah. threw that whole show away and i'm glad i stopped watching it then by the way um <laughs> i guess I, it would be that one but i think that time out the sad part is is i think that probably would have been the strongest 
had the tragedy not happened had it done completion to the story um Vic Morrell was a great actor and um and it was the only original one so you're not comparing it to anything else that's the sad part yeah so as far as mm-hmm. sex is, but I actually probably prefer the wraparound for as little as it is it's it, it was always the part that I quoted. The part that I'm going to be different. I'm, I'm going to pick the Joe Dante one, as and as strong as the John John Lithgow, and it, it is super strong. And I'm going to. I kind of wanted to, and I forgot to mention this because you kept bringing up to like a little backstory, a little backstory. I feel like they kind of were like, you've seen this episode a million times. You know what the fuck this is. We're just going to get right into it. Like fuck the backstory for it. Just 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 go. So I, I think that's probably why like they did what because that is one of the more popular episodes of the of the series. So oh yeah. Um, I but I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Joe Dante's because I I feel like with that one he was at least having some fun and it kind of it kind of was like like the precursor for what we were gonna get later on from him with you know Gremlins and Inner Space and yeah you know Matinee and things like that so and the Howling eventually I mean I know right. that was first but the Howling was you know. before this you're you're right it was I mean not my favorite werewolf and that's for another time oh, which I know we've discussed but <laughs> I, I missed that episode but man i would have shit all over that movie that's a I, strange it's, movie. it's yeah. so fucking you know what I, I think i think the biggest cardinal sin from that movie is that it's fucking boring yeah <laughs> right that's <laughs> that's yeah i mean plus like the transformation scene can't hold a a, a candle I've to, to never seen I've never seen so many air bladders at work at once <laughs> <laughs> like you know what'll be fun <laughs> Dude, you know the closest thing to that transformation scene is that yeah. bad moon when Michael Perry's fucking changing into the wolf. It's, it's yeah. very similar to the bladder work, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, listen, you know, piece of shit, not piece of shit. Listen, Landis had Rick Baker to help him with that at least, and that's mm-hmm. why that's still right. mentioned Rick Baker. Yeah, that's right. That's that's why to this day that fucking transformation scene still holds the test of time and is still the greatest of all. We got to give it's, that it's, it's to our special effects guy. It's the goat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rick Rick Baker knew what the fuck he was doing. He understood the assignment. But yeah, no, for me, Joe Joe Dante's one hundred percent because it was the most like entertaining. It was you know, it was fun. Plus the fact, I mean. The fact that Bart Simpson herself is in that episode and they, they did that on the Simpsons that yeah. alone make, makes yeah. that one quite my, a few. They no. have, but I mean, but, but those two were, I know were like such big ones from the, ep- from like, from the, from the series, from like the, you know, the original episode. So well, also it being kind of a callback. Right. Pretty cool. Right. Yeah. And and I I didn't see this, but I read it in the trivia. Candy and I talked about it before we got on here. Um, the fact that John Lithgow later on played a uh, character on Third Rock from the Sun. Yes. And yeah. and William Shatner was was his the big giant head. Yeah. And mentions <laughs> that there was a guy on the wing of the plane and John Lithgow's like, the same thing happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> Little nerd service there. Yeah. <laughs> I know but you yes. guys kind of crapped on the kick the can, but it reminded me of Cocoon so much. Yeah. That's what I said. I yeah. love Cocoon. Yeah, but the difference was like Cocoon got it right. Cocoon yeah. got it right. And that's exactly what I said. Um, I love the episode of Kick the Can. Um, I just rewatched it today, the original Twilight Zone episode. And it, you know, Twilight Zone was pretty fucking bleak. Like the original show was pretty fucking bleak, and but I still like the way it ended in the episode better 
than it did in the movie. Although I fucking love Scatman Brothers. I'm Anything with Scatman Brothers. Yeah. Like, I can't deny that, man. I fucking Silver, love him. Him and Silver Streak. Oh, my God. I, I just love him in general. I didn't mention him wrong the one in the thing shining. that aggravated me the most about Kick the Can was the, uh, like, Douglas Fairbanks uh, one that stayed a child. That was a fucking terrible wig. Yeah, that a- wig. And he was a lot older he than looked like a t- he, he looked was, like a Targaryen. But, but like in the original episode, they go out, play kick the can, they turn into kids, and they just fucking run away. Yeah. Which is what I do would you do. you blame them? No, I like them. Yeah, that, <laughs> but that in the movies, like, it's better to have, they, you know, they're like, no, I'd rather be old thing. Like, what? Like, it's better to have a young mind. I mean, like, fuck you. No. Yeah. If I could, if I could get out of this body, you bet your ass I would. Mm-hmm. And have the same mentality, like the knowledge that I have now. Oh, um, yeah. I don't need a little fairy tale about, oh, it's better to be old and die and just be like, young <laughs> in the mind. Fuck that. I'll take But I have a young mind. mind. I had yeah. a pretty mind. <laughs> <laughs> my mind had a baby and got stretch marks. <laughs> <laughs> wow, even the sex and drug industry has a seedy side. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. I know what we're it's watching. Yes, yes, baby. Yes, sir. I love that episode. Um, my other favorite show, Mysteries Land Seder. Um, so at this point, uh, gosh, I think we've covered it all. And it's been a long time since we recorded, been longer since we even got an episode out. We will have an episode out. We had a, um, with uh, Anchor being uh, purchased by Spotify, uh, they're not wanting to let us upload. We had an episode to put out today, just letting you guys know and people listening know they'll have an episode before they hear this. But um looking forward to going back to recording regularly this has been fun enlightening funny and i think we handled this quite well absolutely yeah. i missed all you beautiful people yes we missed yeah. you. we're a good looking bunch like they went on way too long <laughs> i can't front i'm like i know you're gonna talk about it in a second i'm like super excited for what's coming in two weeks yeah i yeah because you know I, we've talked about that for a long time that that, that was supposed to, and I, I yeah, have a feeling that that one's going to have to be a little, something. yeah, and that has to be extended a little bit longer than, than two hours. I feel like we'll have to get an early start. I don't know. If everybody's welcome to show up if people don't want to. That's fine. Um, but it will be a little bit of a longer episode, so we may start earlier. That's totally fine with me because my fine tired fine. ass needs to go to bed at a certain time because I right. get fucking bitchy. Right. Okay, so this will be the time for plugs. I feel like, oh, God, I didn't even think this through. Uh, I'll go first. But uh, Final Girl Cosmetics, uh, we're still doing this thing. Um, Erica and I got a little busy um, doing real life stuff. But uh, Final Girl Cosmetics at the Final Girl Cosmetics on Instagram and Final Girl Cosmetics dot makeup is still a thing. We have things coming. We we have plans. And um, so please check us out. Also, uh, I am a regular writer for Ghouls Magazine. I have a controversial, as usual, article coming out on Suspiria 2018 and why it's better than the original. Uh, If you're curious about why that is and why I'm right, you can check that out soon. (laughs) And, of course, all of of our stuff is in my link tree, link tree, slash Candy Final Girl. But we are at House underscore Screams on Twitter and Candy Final Girl on Instagram because I have the biggest mouth. (laughs) And I'm Sean of the Dead. Um, 
You can find me on house underscore screams on Twitter. Um, I don't really do a whole lot of uh, social media stuff, but uh, if you need to get a hold of me, that's where I'm at. And you can find me here with all of these lovely folks. Okay. Uh, nothing to plug here. Just uh, l- listen to us because we're great. Aww. Yeah, we're pretty cool. Any, anywhere you find Dave, you can find me. That's still cute. <laughs> that sounds like a threat. <laughs> It's weird when I'm. It's weird when I'm peeing. Uh, <laughs> I'll hold it for you if you want no. me to. Uh, here we go. Uh, okay, sorry, I had to wrangle a cat here. Um, you can find me on Instagram at my horrific life. Um, please also check out Final Girl Cosmetics at finalgirlcosmetics.makeup. Um, and I've got to list our neon eyeliner too. It is overdue. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm excited. And my lipstick design uh, is so fucking cool. So those are on there. Check them out. <laughs> Check them out. El Jefe. Well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at El Jefe Del Horror. The boss. Um, hopefully this is it. It's 2023 or bust. So if it doesn't happen this year, it ain't happening. I'm just going to figure it out. Um, also wanted to tie in something I just saw online that I guess there was a list by IMDb of the top 300 horror films of all time. Twilight Zone, the movie, place number 26. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, there's I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna quote Amber on this one. No cap, period. F-R-F-R. Um, dead ass. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, like this, I'm looking at it now, and like American Werewolf place 52 on there. Wow. Okay. That's wrong. Um... The, the the 2017 it is is 21. Okay, no. just the kind of um, Night of the Living Dead at number 15. Let's say I'm gonna fight somebody. The fact it's not in the top 10 means they're wrong. Um, Friday the 13th didn't even crack the top 10. Number one is Halloween, the 78 version. Well, you know, I'll read the, I'll read the top 10 real quick, and then we'll leave this on a, on a hot take for people. Uh, actually, I'll do the top 20 for you. So, number one, Halloween. Number two, The Shining. No. Three, Carrie. No. Four, Jaws. Yes. Five, The Exorcist. Okay. Six, Poltergeist. Okay. Seven, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Yes. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Alien. Number nine, Cape Fear, the 91 version with De Niro. The 91 what? Number ten, wow. Psycho, the obviously the Anthony Perkins version, which that should always be in the top ten. Friday the Thirteenth, Predator, at number twelve. Are we sure number that's 13. not science fiction? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> that Predator's a horror movie too. Not enough. Number thirteen, the Tim Curry it from nineteen ninety. Not scary. Okay. Number fourteen, John Carpenter's The Thing. That should be way fucking higher. Number fifteen, <laughs> Night of the Living Dead. Number 16, Gremlins. 17, The Evil Dead. Number 18, The Sixth Sense. Number 19, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Number 20, The Birds. You know, if Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Fabric's not on that list, I'm going to riot and burn the fucking town down. I mean, some of the other, like the fact that Twilight's on the movie was number 26. I mean, literally, number 27 is They Live. Reputation. Speaking for it, it's not fucking scary. Yeah, they they live as the movie right after the Dawn of the Dead, 
is number 30. Are we going to discuss the fact that They Live's not a horror movie? I the think they, they missed the point when they made this. The That's Fly crappy. remake is number 46. The 80 woman Jeff Goldblum. Just Where's so. the original? Uh, let me see. Am I riot? Burn the fucking town down. I would down. like to point out that our even our listeners, and, and I love the remake, but even our listeners listen more to the original episode that we did. On the I like I like the original better. Uh, Creep Show is number ninety one. By the way, Suspiria, oh, Suspiria is ninety. Suspiria, wow. no, no. Day of the Dead, the eighty five is one hundred three. I was watching The Fly Returns, and you know who's in that? Big Stupid. From, <laughs> Big uh, stupid I was is. talking about that when we did it. Remember, I was like, Big Stupid's in it. Big Stupid. Halsey, who I have the fucking biggest crush on. Big Stupid. I watch that episode all the time because I'm like, God, he's hot. No, oh he's a good-looking guy, yeah. 1950s Brett Halsey, please. Please call me. Mr. Big Stupid, catch me. <laughs> Whatever happened to Baby catch Jane me. is 205. Wow, they're wrong. Um, Let me see. I love wow, how they make these lists, and it's just a fucking opinion anyway. Like, attack, attack the block is actually on here. Okay, like I'm, I'm okay with that one. Um, I don't see that. No, the original flies not on here. Well, then they need to go fuck themselves. Well, to be fair, and I was, and I was gonna kind of bring this up to you specifically, Candy. Um, did you see that Rolling Stone? And we can keep this in because I think it's, I think it's be a hot topic. Also, they released their 200 greatest singers. Yeah, I didn't bother looking at it because really suck my dick. Wait, well, well, <laughs> you and I have a have a small victory with this. Prince, number sixteen. Wow, he it, but he should be higher. But yeah. people were fucking losing their shit because Michael Jackson was eighty six. Damn, Prince is a better singer. Prince is a better everything than Michael Jackson. So thank you. We, I, I said what I said. I said it too. There we go. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Maybe number one, number one for that was was Aretha Franklin. So that and right rightfully because I mean she was she is the queen. So don't you blaspheme in here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like those, those top one hundred, top ten, top whatever the fuck. They're all just opinions. I can make a list too. I'm not as famous as these people, but uh, I think my list is better. We all do. Some of those movies would not even be on the list. Like I, I love, feel like, and we know that I love They Live, but it's not a fucking horror movie. We talked about that. I feel like because IMDb goes based on the ratings, though, right? And it's not, it's not, it's not what they pick. It's what people how they rate them, right? Like how the how the um yeah, but Rolling Stone though, with when we're talking about the singers, well, well, Rolling Stone is different. I mean, like even like their rapper list was like, I mean, at least they got number one right with Biggie, but like even then, like that was like barely because like <sighs> how about how the New York Times picks their bestseller list? It's not based on sales. Oh, it's not? It's from, no, 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 absolutely not. I know this is a writer. Mm. It's not based on sales. They just yeah. pick what they think is going it, to. It's, it's a prediction that always comes true because they said so. Oh. Yeah, like, look it up. Seriously. It's not based on sales. Because I was going to say, like, ha- like, almost all of my Star Wars books are fucking in Shoshana uh, back it up that they always say New York Times bestseller. That means nothing. Yeah. That means yeah. that yeah, people at New York Times like you. Because like, there's, 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 there's a couple of them. For your publishing house. That's like the organics on food. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, I like there's been a couple of them I read. I'm like, how, how did this become a fucking bestseller? Like, this book right. sucks. Because it didn't. Yeah. So. Or unless they predict <laughs> it and people think it's a bestseller and they run out to buy it. It's deals made with publishing houses and predictions that actually come true because people are like, oh, it's a bestseller. No, it's not based on sales. And I learned that and I was like, what the fuck? 
Oh, it's speaking of sales and whatever, our, our our good friend uh, Grady Hendrix's new book is dropping within the next. I think on the twenty. You're very excited. Um, yep. How to how to sell a how to sell your haunted house. Mm-hmm. So, forward to it. Um, he is doing a road show. I saw too. So saw that he, too. Yeah. Cool. So I know. I know the the first. When the, is going to be live? Well, the the first one sold out already. The one in Tennessee. So. Well, he's doing live one for uh, I think Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. and you yes. go in there and you can also buy a pre-signed book, and you yes. watch it live. That's the only one that's free. Yeah. He's not coming to my neck of the woods except for Chicago, maybe. Yeah. And I'm not okay. driving to Chicago in fucking February. You're out of your goddamn. Oh, no, thank you. you. No, no. Mm-hmm. If it will snow, a blizzard in April on April 27th when I went to see Misfits. You fucking bet I'm not going there in February. I'm not stupid. Mm, no. Yo, you you knew that the Twilight Zone will be sucked when we were done pretty much in less than an hour talking about yeah, it. Yeah, that's ah. how I was trying to stretch it out. So, <laughs> listeners, we tried to avoid talking about the controversy and even with the controversy and we just don't have a lot to say. I don't think anybody would talk about this movie otherwise. It'd be like a footnote. I'm like, oh yeah, that was a thing. I kind of remember that or I rented that once or something. But yeah. yeah. A final note on that, but it's been so great to see you guys and hang out. Yes, yes it yeah. has. Looking forward to episodes we have coming up, and I missed you. Yeah, but the one the one episode I'm like super fucking excited for. That's gonna be a long talk. Episodes, episodes. Doctor Evil. I feel like I may say one word through that that whole episode. Well, you got some mega okay. Star Wars nerds who are just gonna go. Oh, I guess I leaked it. Oh, oops. oh, oh well. Yeah. Oh. I, I just oh, have to no. say, like uh, Colin Kaepernick, I just have to respectfully take a knee that week. <laughs> that's, that's what I was saying. It's totally like, I mean, it's always <laughs> optional for any episode, but if you don't want to talk about Star Wars, I fully understand, especially people who get super passionate about it. I What's find there? your lack of faith disturbing. Hey. <laughs> no, I think you have to laugh at one word. For that, Erica, uh, don't underestimate the power of the force. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm probably going to be struggling to get words in. So, I'm just gonna... yeah. All right. On that note, I love y'all. <laughs> I love you guys. Have a good, good night. night. Yeah. Good, good night. night. Good love night. you guys. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>